Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Have you checked the children? children. I want to play a game. The box. You opened it. We came. This is the All America Spook Show. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the All American Spook Show. I'm Josh and I'm joined here with Donnie. Yo. And the Professor Smoke. What's up? Will could not be with us. He's on assignment, but then uh, he's, he's missing a good one here. This is Smoke's choice, um, but I'm not going to introduce it. I'm going to let Smoke introduce it. What would you pick? What would you bring for us this week? Oh, yeah. So it's uh, Valentine's Day. All right. This will be coming out around. Yep. But right here, yeah. the, the day before, but there's a good chance most yep. people that are listening to this on Valentine's Day, so there's that. Too. This, yeah. And I uh, feel sorry for those people. No, kidding. <laughs> Uh, what the hell? No, I mean, you know, you would expect we haven't done one of the biggest ones yet. I'm kind of, I think we we kind of been sitting on a certain Valentine's Day movie for a little while. It's just just to give it, you know, give the show time to breathe. It's been four years later, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we're still breathing on that episode. We're not doing it yet. This is not that episode. Yeah. This is not my bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that nugget, you know. With this, bear with us because there's not a whole lot of Valentine's Day movies out there. This one is very tentatively Valentine's Day, right? And it's, uh, without further ado, it's Hospital Massacre, a.k.a. X-Ray. And Josh may have more titles. Yep, yeah, I got, I got <laughs> I'm a sure there more. are more titles for it, and I'll let Josh get to those. Yep. But uh, Hospital Massacre was the title I saw it on the very the one time that I saw it back in the uh, mid-'80s, I guess, or so. Like, I know it came out in 81 and the- theatrically. And uh, came out on MGM UA home video on all the various home video formats in 1983. And I saw it sometime in the mid to late 80s, I guess. So. Yeah, the, the, the Valentine's Day, we'll get to it, the connection there. <laughs> it's, it, it's loose, but it's maybe not as loose as some movies, some yeah, holiday wars say, are. We, but... we have done other ones that seemed looser than this, at least. I, I'll <laughs> yeah. say that. But yeah, also, uh, I'll add that this is a canon movie. So, although this isn't a full-fledged official cannon fodder episode, we're basically going to be kind of treating it as such, uh, all the way down to our cannonball rating at the end. We're actually going to give two ratings for this. We're going to give you our cannonball rating that we normally do over on our cannon fodder episodes, like we did just last week for Mannequin. But we're also going to give you our regular star ratings that we give for whenever we do horror movies. So, it'll be compared two different ways. It'll be compared to other cannon films. And it'll also be compared to the other horror films that we've done here on the show. Um, and also, we're going to have a, a special uh, added bonus, Canon Chronicles, with Austin Trun, uh, you know, author of the Canon Film Guide, Volume 1 and 2, out on Amazon or wherever else you get your books. But uh, we'll have that here in just a few minutes. But uh, I guess, you know, before we dive into it and, and, and uh, give you the background and, and uh, give you Canon Chronicles and all that stuff, we'll go ahead and toss to the trailer. Did you 
All right, so there's the trailer for that. So um, obviously, Smoke, I know this is, you know, you brought it to the table. This isn't the first time you you watched it. It's actually not the first time I watched it either. I watched it like, I want to say, give or take about a year ago, ironically. That was the first time that I had watched it. Uh, mm. But Donnie, what about you? Is this the first time? Yeah, this was the first time I've seen it. And, you know, we've discussed this in various conversations, you know, uh, um, whether it was on the show or, you know, in in some capacity or uh, in our group chat. But, yeah, uh, this is the first time I watch it. We'll get to our star ratings and all that stuff, you know, like I, I talked about a second ago. But I guess uh, now is as good a time as any to go ahead and uh, – let Austin do some of the, a little bit of the footwork for us. I've got some background information as well. Here we go. Canon Chronicles with Austin Trunick. Happy Valentine's Day, Spook Show listeners. I am Austin Trunick, author of the Canon Film Guide books, and I'm here to talk about their slightly Valentine's Day theme slasher X-Ray from 1982. Now, this is a movie that I know better under its more descriptive and straight-to-the-point U.S. title, Hospital Massacre. This was not only the title I rented it under in its old MGM VHS release, but the one that it played under at drive-ins around the country, usually as part of a horror double or triple feature. If you look through old drive-in listings from the fall of 1982, this played with everything from Halloween to zombie to... Weirdly enough, the Christmas-themed Silent Night, Bloody Night, which Canon had recently re-released under the title Death House. In its earliest marketing, this movie was going to be called Be My Valentine... or else! Now, after New Year's Evil failed to do the ticket numbers that Canon hoped for, they thought it might be a bad business idea to tie their movie too closely to a specific holiday, and thus it became Hospital Massacre in the U.S. and X-Ray everywhere else. Early advertisements listed uh, Jill St. John as the star of the film, who was best known for playing the lovely smuggler Tiffany Case in the uh, Connery Bond film Diamonds Are Forever. She dropped out and was replaced with playboy playmate barbie benton who spends much of this movie either running screaming or getting stared at in creepy ways by literally every other character in the film being set in a hospital the kills in the movie are appropriately doctor themed and i think relatively creative director boaz davidson was one of canon's most trusted guys he created the hit lemon popsicle series for golden globus when they were still in israel and then remade it for them as the last american virgin once they came to the u.s he directed a wide variety of their movies throughout the 1980s and early 90s including going bananas salsa and american cyborg steel warrior nowadays he's a big time producer with uh, millennium media his name's on everything from the Expendables movies to the latest Rambos to the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man remake. Given what little plot this movie has to go around, I'm going to refrain from commenting on it and let the guys discuss that. I will say that this is not one of the better slashers from this period, but it's also not one of the worst. I think that it's the fact that it's competently made sets it above a lot of the really cheap stuff that was being pushed out on video at the time. Even out of the few slashers that Canon produced, I much, much, much prefer New Year's Evil to Hospital Massacre, a.k.a. X-Ray. 
So if I'm going to rate this one, I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5. It's a wonderfully average film. And with that rating on the record, I am signing off today. Until next time, and happy Valentine's Day. So there you go. We we thank you for that, Austin. <clears throat> it's always cool to uh, get his little his wealth of knowledge here on the show. You know when we talk about these canon films. So, uh, like I said, we encourage you to go check out all of our past canon fodder episodes for um, the lineup of movies that we've done there. And um, like I said, this is kind of one foot in, one foot out on that. So you, you just get a little taste of the canon fodder there. And like I said, just last week we did we did Mannequin, which. Uh, ironically, this is more canon than Mannequin was because <laughs> Mannequin was one that was, remember, put out by, yeah, it was done by 20th Century Fox and then Canon put it out worldwide. This one was actually a Golden Globus production, you know, produced by Canon and put out by Canon. So, um, yeah, we're, we're kind of mixing up, mixing up the themes and everything the last two weeks, but you know, you, you get the point and, and the grand scheme of things, we're here to celebrate Valentine's, right? So <laughs> what a, what a, what a perfect way to do it. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start going through some of the background information that I pulled. I found two other titles other than like he, you know, like we've explained, it was mostly titled here in the U S hospital massacre, but it also got a, a title later on. And in worldwide is x-ray, but I found two other titles and I didn't get exactly where this title popped up, but one was called just called ward 13. And obviously that doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> you know, if you watch the movie, right? Like, even if you were going to say like, well, that's where the things happened at. I don't remember them saying if, if either y'all do, I don't know where exactly things were happening in a hospital other than the floors, right? Like eighth floor, ninth floor and all that shit. But I don't remember anything about a ward, but except other than sending her back to the crazy ward with those hags. Yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> maybe that was ward 13. I don't fucking know. I don't remember the number. Well, there, there seemed to be a lot of just, uh, I mean, we'll get to it. I know but there seemed to be a lot of, uh, mentally challenged. People. <laughs> yeah, like this. All the floors of the hospital. Yeah, we know. will get into it. <laughs> yeah, this, this is just as yeah. much like mental asylum as it was general, yeah. general hospital, you know. But the other title that, uh, and Austin brought it up there was Be My Valentine, dot, 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 or else. And then they, that was the pre release title, and they, they decided to change course for the reasons that he just explained. But the one thing, too, that I was able to, able to peg down was an exact release date because I don't think this got like a wide release in theaters per se. I think it kind of slowly just kind of oozed it way out. <laughs> it's way out, so to speak, but it was released October 16th of 1981 in Mexico. And then not until April 23rd of 1982 here in the U S or I saw a secondary date of July 16th. So I'm guessing maybe it's, it just played in, in grind houses and smaller theaters, maybe had a limited runs somewhere around April 23rd to July 16th. Of 82, and then eventually, I guess, comes out on video or whatever at some point. I didn't see the release date of when the uh, video came out, Smoke, but I would imagine that would have been sometime, what, 83, somewhere around there? Yeah, well, I know, yeah, I don't know the exact date, but I do know that the, uh, I have a, I have a copy of this on a CED disc that MGMUA put out, probably the same time they put out the beta and the VHS, which was 1983. Okay, well, at least so. the, the, the CED disc was 83. So that, that jives with, especially the time frames of uh, video releases and stuff back then. It would have been well after any kind of theatrical run. But it was uh, produced by Golden Globus Productions, of course, and distributed by Canon Film Distributors. Rated R, total runtime of one hour and 29 minutes. On IMDb, it's listed as a horror slash thriller. 
And it was filmed around in different places around Los Angeles and in Hollywood, you know, a couple of various studios and spots. I know that the hospital was an abandoned hospital that they shot in. It was an actual hospital, but it was abandoned at the time they were shooting. You know, I meant to look up something about that, and then I kind of forgot to swing back around. So I assume that was somewhere there in the Hollywood, L.A. region where this hospital, this old hospital was, I assume. Yeah, I didn't get the exact uh, name or what the hospital used to be called or where it was. I just I do remember reading something about it, though, being being an actual hospital one time that was yeah. abandoned at the point they were shooting yeah. it. It was directed and the story written by Boaz Davidson, like Austin mentioned, who would best be known for The Last American Virgin, Going going bananas that goofy ass movie with Dom DeLuise. <laughs> I got that on VHS too, sadly. <laughs> and uh, JJ from Good Times. Um, yeah. He also honestly these days he's more known as being a producer for New Image than Millennium Films. And you know, uh, Austin mentioned some of that stuff there, like the newer Rambo movies, Expendable stuff like that. I mean, he, his name's on a ton of stuff all the way up till. You know, very recent stuff, and he's still active today. Uh, also, the screenplay was done by Mark Bim, who worked on or wrote the movie Help, you know, the Beatles movie in the 60s. Someone Behind the Door, that was uh, with Anthony Hopkins, I believe it was, and uh, Br- Charles Bronson, I believe it was in that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. he, he wrote that. He also wrote two god-awful canon movies, Lady <laughs> Lady Chatterley's Lover and Nana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just wait. Wait, my friends, just wait. <laughs> I always tell y'all when we do cannon fodder, oh, there's worse. I just named two of them right there. So um, you've had the displeasure? I haven't seen it yet, but you, you've oh, seen Nana? I've, I've seen both. Nah, 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 yeah, nah, I've seen I've Lady seen... Chatterley's Lover and Nana. I see. I remember seeing Lady Chatterley's Lover <laughs> probably back on a, you know, you're not supposed to, you're watching around, the, you know, trying yeah, to yeah. Well, sneak this, a peek. Yeah. In the, both of those movies are just like that. <laughs> They're movies that, yeah. you know, obviously are like the adult like period pieces but yeah they're just bad just bad oh just wait like i said this movie stars barbie benton as susan jeremy now you know once again austin brought up that she was a playboy playmate she actually also lived with hugh hefner for many years like six seven years through the late 60s early 70s um i guess she was one of his he i don't know if the dude ever actually got married did he like wasn't he kind of just he always i think he was married like once, maybe twice. But for the most part, he always like, just had like a playmate that was just living yeah. with him for a while. And then he, that one would move out and then another one would move in kind of thing. Right. That was always his thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but she was one of them back in the late sixties, early seventies. Uh, she played on a good handful of episodes of love boat, fantasy Island, ton, tons of TV, tons of TV. Um, then eventually at some point in the eighties, early nineties or so, she just got out of show business. I think it was around the late eighties. She just left the business completely. Uh, it also stars Charles Chip Lucia as Harry. He would uh, probably be better known, possibly, or at least as known for people that would be listening to this podcast, as he had a small role in Society, one of Smoke's favorites. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Singanore. Oh, yeah. I've never seen this movie, but it looked it looked wacky as hell. Sing, sing, Singanore, Singanore. I have. Singanore. That's a fun one that we definitely need to get. Actually, there's a, it's a sequel to a movie called Scared to Death, which was a sort of low budget kind of underrated little horror movie with a creature. I don't want to give away too much about it. Just say it's got a creature in it. Okay. Creature feature mixed with a slasher kind of thing. But Sigidor was sort of a sequel to it. That is wacky and it's out there and it's got David Gale from reanimator. That's what it looked like. It looked crazy, you know, like kind of nutty. And, um, it is prime for our new series that we will at some point mention that we're doing, but it's prime for that. 
Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And also he was in the hand that rocks the cradle, tons of other TV shows and movies and stuff, but those are some of the ones that stood out. And then of course you have John Van Ness as Jack. He was in tourist trap, the hitcher alligator Two: the mutation. Once again, tons of other TV roles and small roles in movies and stuff. And, uh, Michael Frost as Ned I only mentioned him because he was, he had a bit role in new year's evil. So, uh, Donnie, I didn't mm. want to give too much away for your connections. I'm sure some of that. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> but <laughs> I saw that and I was like, you know what? This needs to be pointed out. I, w- I just wanted to make sure it got in there. Uh, one thing to mention, like Austin mentioned, uh, and you also mentioned that, you know, Barbie Benton, she was a playboy playmate. And also that, uh, <laughs> like Austin said, uh, the, she spends a lot of time in the movie rather than the running around and doing all that stuff. The other part he said was that getting stared at by a lot of creeps in the movie. Yeah. Well, also she was stared at by a lot of creeps. Well, I don't know if you call it creeps necessarily, but let's just say that according to Boaz Davidson in an interview, he said that uh, the day that she shot her nude scene on the set was the uh, the, the set was packed that yeah. day with crew members. <laughs> I don't doubt that, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into the gratuitousness of it all with her. It's intermission time. Time to pause and refresh at the snack bar. During this short break, you can treat your taste of good food and sparkling cold beverages, including delicious Coca-Cola. If you're hot dog hungry, we have them. Sizzling, juicy hot dogs served in warm, oven-fresh buns, plus a complete menu of all your favorites. Visit the refreshment center now. Enjoy delicious food and ice-cold Coca-Cola. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So I went over to Audible, typed in X-Ray to see what would pop up, and of course, nothing to do with this movie at all. And uh, I actually typed in Hospital Massacre first, and nothing at all came up, which I guess <laughs> is a good thing, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, there hadn't been in, in any a, Hospital Massacre. Yeah, yeah in, a, right in a real-world real scenario, that's a horrible thing, but... Uh, but I did have a few things to come up here when I typed in X-ray. We've got A to Z Mysteries, the X'd Out X-ray, <laughs> the art of X-ray reading, how the secrets of 25 great works of literature will improve your writing by Roy Peter Clark. That one's a little over eight hours long. Then we've got, uh, let's see, X-ray vision, Ginger Baker, the man, myth, and legend by Jer- uh, Jeffrey Giuliano. That one's, uh, just over a, uh, an hour long. You'd think it'd be longer if you're talking about Ginger Baker, but... There you go. If any of that stuff sounds like it floats your boat, go on over to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio book. It's always a a cool deal. I mean, like, you know, you get you get uh, that one credit, take the credit, get yourself a book. You, you know, even if you're like, eh, this isn't for me, you get to keep the book. So it's a win-win. It helps us out. You get a free book out of it. So I'm going to pop on over to IMDb. Click on plot summary and see what pops up. We've only got a couple here, believe it or not. Actually, uh, yeah, yeah, no, this two. I, I thought it was kind of one run on, but no, it's two different ones. Uh, we've got the main one. While receiving a routine checkup, a woman finds herself stranded on the hospital's eighth floor while someone dressed as a doctor is intent on her never leaving, even if it means killing any staff member who comes into contact with her. And then the other one, this was uh, posted on IMDb by Matt-282. Divorcee Susan Jeremy goes to a local Los Angeles County hospital for a routine exam and finds herself stranded there while a maniac dressed in a doctor's surgical mask and clothing goes around killing all the staff. Could it possibly be the psycho Harold who killed a friend of Susan's on Valentine's day, 19 years earlier? We'll, we'll never know. <laughs> I guess you have to start 
with that, you have to start right from the beginning when you're talking about this movie with that little flashback scene, right? Yeah, because at least that's that that and maybe one or two other scenes are the primary uh, Valentine's Day influences of the movie, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, who the hell like in that flashback scene? Because I think all it says is like Susan's house, 1961. So like you're like first off, you're like who the fuck is Susan? You know, but. But you know, you figure it out, you know, pretty quick after that. I'll find but, out later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like who decorates their house out for Valentine's like that? Like, you know, like I can see if it was Christmas or I don't know, you know, a few other major holidays, Halloween, maybe even July fourth, but is it is it common <laughs> even back then to decorate your house out for Valentine's like that? I mean, I never did. I don't know. maybe I was no. I didn't think so. Maybe I'm in the wrong then. Yeah. <laughs> Probably say I no. I don't remember once ever any kind of decorating for Valentine's. <laughs> Maybe unless like no, after, all about, about Valentine's with school, you know, when you're a kid going to school and giving yeah. out your little Valentine's and getting Valentine's and candy with a Valentine's, yeah. what, that, that it, was basically what I remembered as a kid at that, that age that they were that, about Valentine's. And I don't remember that really being about the Valentine's, you know, as, as a, uh, you know, as a kid, that was more like, what kind of candy am I getting? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But yeah, yeah, that's about it. But yeah, I just found it funny that they just had, and there was Valentine's everywhere. Like they were just mailing it in like, or telegraphing it in, whatever, like, hey, look, look, Valentine's, 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 even though that was the only moment pretty much that had anything to do with Valentine's the rest of the movie, right? Like, other than There's the one other, what, yeah, we'll get to that part. That I the guess. hospital yeah. is decorated, right, in yeah. some spots as Halloween, or Halloween, yeah. Well, the gift that she gets at the hospital a little later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the killer leads for her, you know, we'll get to that part again. Once again, the, the connections are there. It's not as loose as some other holiday movies that we talked about. So, you know, at least there's that, but this kid, Harold gives <laughs> Susan a Valentine. She goes and looks at look, look, Harold gave me this. And there's this other kid name. I don't even know if they named the kid, right? The other kid that's there. He's just like, man, yeah. fuck Harold. <laughs> they, <laughs> they ball up the Valentine and throw it down and laugh. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to go in here and get a snack. And then like, she comes back and that kid is just straight up hung on a fucking coat rack. Like, was he impaled, hung? I don't know what happened to him, but he's just hanging there dead on a coat rack. And uh, man, Harold, well, we didn't mention this yet, but Harold was outside the window the whole time <laughs> watching her get the Valentine, crumble up the Valentine, throw it on the floor. And then, then as she leaves to go, also, this is another thing. When she went to get to get a piece of cake, she reaches in the drawer and gets this giant fucking butcher's <laughs> knife out. Yeah, like it, that was that was basically a machete. I think yeah, it's a, machete. It's a giant. It, it is was, it is definitely a giant knife, but like it looks even bigger because it's a little you know like ten year old girl holding it. But still, yes, yeah, it's fucking yeah. huge. Like want some cake? Yeah. <laughs> you know she's got a but yeah that sword. That's the first in the movie and it happens a lot in this movie where they uh sort of telegraph this fake kind of like i'm gonna something's gonna happen somebody's gonna die type scene you know she's walking to the camera with the knife like she's about to stab her friend or whatever yeah but then she shows that the knife goes down and boop right yeah. into the cake yeah, right so yeah. that happens many other times in this movie where they sort of misdirection to make you think that something else is happening you know like something somebody's gonna get killed or somebody's dead or whatever the case is We'll I'll, talk about those more as we get to them too. But I'll yeah, it's like the way Harold is staring at them, like peering at them through the window. No wonder they crumpled it up and thought he was a weirdo. <laughs> like he's like full on psychopath the way he's staring in, like with you know, like his 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 brows are furrowed and he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, look at that Valentine. You know, <laughs> but they don't see him. But still, that that was it's just the beginning, like you said, of the creepiness because there's a lot of. 
that basically you could call this movie creepy shady the movie you know cuz that's <laughs> it's like every everybody is fucking creepy or shady as fuck yeah. everybody is it, you you could use you'd have to use more than one hand to count the amount of creeps in this movie and there's not like there's not like there's a whole shitload of characters in this movie either <laughs> yeah when i was taking my notes i wrote down that they should call they should call the place nasty shady hospital <laughs> cuz that's what it is it's just a fucking nasty <laughs> <laughs> everybody's shady it's it just it's there's a there's a floor i think they said it's the ninth floor right that's being fumigated like yeah. would that even be a thing like would they just close a whole wing down of the hospital to fumigate it like wouldn't they just close the whole hospital down as opposed to just one floor i don't know i mean well that brings me to the another that was yet another one of those that whole elevator scene when she gets in the elevator and this is susan later on in life as she's coming to this hospital to yeah. get some checkups done or whatever and uh she's in that elevator and uh the first thing is there's another there's well this is where we're introduced to, i think his name is harold Mm-hmm. One of the uh, Harry. sort of mental cases walking around the hospital. No, right? it, I go, yeah. no his <laughs> name's Harry, and we'll get into that a Harry. little bit later on. Oh, Harry. Oh, that's right. Oh, wait a minute. Is there more than one? Yeah. I'm talking about the, not the doctor, but the the, the, uh, the guy drinking the liquor <laughs> and random scenes. drunk. Oh, the uh, hamburger elevator guy. Yeah, but I thought his name was had an eight. No, that's maybe the not, drunk. Maybe not. I don't know what the fuck that guy's name was, but he's just the drunk. Yeah. It's just. <laughs> He keeps yeah. keeps popping up. Like, why would this hospital yeah. have this random drunk just milling about? And they're like, "Oh, uh, Hank or whatever the fuck his name is." Every time they, every time a That's nurse it. finds him, Hank. I don't know, but I don't remember. But every time they find the guy, they're like, oh, "Get back to your ward," you know? Like, no, this dude's just walking around with like a bottle of Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, just yeah, messing with everybody in there, staring at. But that first scene in the elevator, though, he's just slumped over in the corner with like what looks like blood coming out of yeah. his mouth. You know, she sees his blood coming out of his mouth, and then she just keeps staring at him, and he's just sitting there like like he's dead, basically. And then she's looking at her shoe, and, and this blood, I mean, you want to think it's blood, right? Hits her shoe, and then she looks at him again. He's like, oh, and then he's got like a burger in his hand and ketchup <laughs> all over his fingers and shit. It, that is the sloppiest burger, man. Oh, it's na- it just adds to the that, nastiness. That's gross. It's fucking nasty. I think that was my first laugh out loud moment of this movie, too. And not because it was trying to be funny, necessarily, but just because of the, the absurdity of that scene. Like, Who, who eats a, a, a plain hamburger <laughs> with, like, 42 <laughs> gallons of ketchup on it? <laughs> Well, if you think if you think back to nothing but trouble. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess if that's the precedent you want to set, like uh <laughs> Speaking of just nasty random shit, this hospital like Susan multiple times just fires up a cigarette. Like I guess that's just the sign of the times, right? Like, you know, it's 1981. Not everyone's aware or cares, I guess, of the dangers of smoking, so like <laughs> fuck it. You know, she's sitting there waiting on her test results, which is a loose premise to keep her there. Right. Right. Well, right. She, she doesn't seem too concerned about staying there. I mean, every, every time she gets to a certain hurdle, in other words, her results come back. Well, we need to keep you here for this. You know, finally they, you know, at some point, and then we'll get to the, the story. They restrain her when she starts to like, okay, I need to leave. No, no, you guys, you know, <laughs> so yeah, any given point, she could have just walked the hell out. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of shady point. stuff that keeps like, there's this random doctor that you only see like in full scrubs, right. With mask and everything that this guy keeps popping up. And eventually he's, you know, as we go along, we'll, we'll, you know, he starts killing people, but, um, he's messing with the records and stuff, right? Like 
I guess yeah. he gets the records of like an 85 year old person that's dying of colon cancer or something like that and just writes her yeah. name on it. And then now all the doctors are like, Oh my God, she's going to die. <laughs> you have that brings us might as well break woman. into that one doctor here. Right. You want to go into uh cause you know, we're talking about the records and then the x-ray that gets hence the name of the movie, really the, the pivotal point of the movie yeah. is the, the Stillard swapping the x-rays around to, like you said, this older guy with colon cancer or something. Yeah. So that this doctor who's looking at the X-ray now is seeing this, and he's that's why he's deciding to keep her there in the room, saying that they need to do further tests. And uh, so, I'll let you take over for the, well, well, then it just <laughs> for the be- part. Well, then it just becomes a thing where they're restraining her, like at all time. Like they're not like, yeah, we need you to stay here because we're we're trying to work this out. No, they're just they, they get they eventually ratchets up to the point where like they have to like tie her down to a table just <laughs> until we. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You're, uh, uh, if you don't, if you don't calm down, we're going to have to do surgery. You know, like Jesus Christ, let's slow down and figure this out here. You know, but they put her in a, in a room. And once again, this is a sign of the times, like back then, especially there would always be like a, a kind of a, a community room thing, right? Like not everybody has their own room. Like you're just in a room with X amount of people. You know, there might be 10 other people in there or whatever. And there's, there's three other people, three other ladies in this ward that she's in. <laughs> or I guess I could say I, I guess it's safe to say there's two other ladies and then I don't even know what the, yeah, what yeah, the other one was what the hell you, that was. You got the spoon lady, <laughs> yep. old scowl face, and the uh the trans woman yeah. uh, with the rosary piece. But they don't explain that at all. It's like if it's if it's <laughs> no, a, if it's a trans lady, that's okay. But like they're just like it's just randomly like, no, that's a dude dressed like a woman. Like, <laughs> but they don't explain it. There's no, you know, there's no. Just there. Yeah. She's just, she's just there. And then like you said, the spoon lady, which, you know, kind of looks like, uh, uh, like an old gypsy or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. That's was. exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, uh, uh, bitch, bitch face Bessie or whatever yeah. in the bed. <laughs> they are the face of this movie and they pop up at such random times for no reason whatsoever. Continuity be damned. Like, doesn't make any <laughs> any sense like there's one of the scenes where they're walking around and on that fumigation floor and then she or she i think uh susan is and then she turns around and those three women are there again like they're always together yeah they're all they're all three walking down the smoky fumigated hallway <laughs> and they're looking for her doctor her doctor is one of the I, I think that's one of the first kills right her actual doctor susan's Gets, yeah, Doctor Jacobs. Yeah, she gets off and like stuffed in a closet or something, or, or no, uh, yeah, in a locker. stuffed in a locker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the janitor eventually comes along and finds her, right? Yeah. Hanging upside down oh, in a yeah. locker on the fumigation floor. That 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 whole scene's uh, like I said. There's more of those misdirection scenes, as I mentioned, like the like well, the one in the elevator with the hamburger or the bloods. You know, it turns out to be ketchup, and then she opens up the elevator on the ninth floor or whatever it was, and then. Boom, the guys with the gas masks come out and you know, you know they scare her again. <laughs> those those gas mask guys. <laughs> <laughs> you were fumigating you. Then later when she's down there on those floors and uh there, there's the uh was it when the janitor finds the body that there's like a can of paint spilled? Yeah. Or something like that. It looks like blood again. <laughs> so yeah, there's all these misdirections. It's like but, it's like a sheet. It's a sheet over something that well, you at that point we already know there's a, a like a mannequin for some fucking reason. Yeah. Under a body. Or under a body, under a sheet, and then when he comes in, it looks like blood is pouring down. He pulls it back, and there's a, ca- a paint can under there, and that's when he finds her. But then the dude, this 
the dude in the scrubs that's running around killing everybody, I think that's when he grabs a hold of him and sticks his face in the sink of acid, right? Acid. Why? Yeah. Why is there a sink of acid? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least at least that memorable scene, and and I, I thought of Jason X, right, where he oh, yeah. the the girl's the face cry- in that cryo cry- thing. <laughs> at least that made a little bit of sense, right? Like there's it's science, and you're on a ship and everything. But this this doesn't make any sense. Like it's just in some kind of defunct laboratory or something. I guess maybe it's a janitor's room. I don't know what the fuck that room is, and. It's also a pretty terrible acid face effect too. You know, after he comes out, he's just got a couple of latex. I don't know, just things pasted on his face to make it look like he's got birds. Yeah, and it looks like he's spitting out applesauce. Like, bleh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but then we come to one of the pivotal moments of the film. I think the uncomfortable, gentle caress, uh, medical, <laughs> medical exam, which is legit because I- I'm sitting there I'm like, Jesus, this is taking forever. After it was done. I went back. It took, it was roughly somewhere between six to seven minutes long of just him examining her and nothing else is going on. It's like, we're going to stop this movie right in the middle and we're going to make you look at Barbie Benton. <laughs> That's <laughs> before, all that was. Dude, before, before that scene starts, how do they, like, first he told her to get undressed. When, when he walks <laughs> in the room, he's like, oh, I need you to get undressed. And she's like, at first, she's kind of like, what? And then she goes with it. But, she goes behind this partition that he's got set up <laughs> with a screen in front of it, but a really bright light behind it so he can see the silhouette yeah. of, yeah. of their... Like, plain as day. It's like one of those, <laughs> like, Bugs Bunny gags. You know, like... Yeah. He's getting changed behind the curtain, and, and there's a wolf that walks in with his eyes bulging out, like, woo Yeah. <laughs> and then she comes out. But I think the creepiest move of all... I mean, the whole thing is kind of skeevy, but the creepiest yeah. move during all that is when... Uh, she's naked, mostly naked, and he tells, or he, she sits down on the table, and then he just like gently caresses her hair and puts it in front of her shoulders. <laughs> like th- yeah. this has nothing to do with an exam. <laughs> he just like brushes her hair like yeah, that's right, and then you know <laughs> puts it gently on, on her yeah, shoulders. That's right. Yes, yes, yeah, time for medical <laughs> stuff. I forgot medical, medical. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's pretty, but, but then he just like does her vitals, like checking her heartbeat and checking her blood pressure, but she's totally naked. It's like, yeah. this is how we do it at this hospital. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how hospitals you've gone to before, but this is how we do it. And meanwhile, like, she might be dying of, of colon cancer or whatever the hell. They never, by the way, they never say what is wrong, like, supposedly wrong with her, do they? Like, yeah, it just looked like she had worms they or just, something. <laughs> they just stare at the x-ray. Like, every time, like, they just, hmm, yes, hmm. That, that, but they never say what could possibly be wrong. Just that is, this isn't good. You know, that's all. You, that's the only conclusion you come to. But when he's doing the exam, he exams her from her toes up, like very slowly. <laughs> I don't know if this is the way you would do this if you think someone's dying of colon cancer, right? Like I, I don't know if it comes with a foot rub and you know the gentle caress and everything. Boy, they really make you stare at it. I mean, which is not a horrible thing, right? I mean, it's a, you know, there's that, but <laughs> it could be worse. It could be like, here's the gentle caress exam of those three hags. <laughs> so at least there's that. that that's true. It could, yeah, it could have been worse. You're right. What what do you think of the, uh, uh, the, the kill scenes? Like, you know, I mean, I guess we can kind of go through them a little bit. You know, Jack getting his head bone sawed off and then delivered in a box to Susan. Yeah, that, that's the other Valentine's Day moment I was talking about. Yeah. It was delivered in a Valentine's Day box sort of thing. With the, you know. <laughs> and then and she it, opens it up and like, oh, there's the head in there. 
And then, uh, you know, the guy that's uh, going around killing everybody, he's just gaslighting the fuck out of her this whole movie. But especially on that one, because he puts the dude's head in a box. She sees it, of course, freaks the fuck out. They bring her back into the room. They don't really address the situation. She's just like, there's a head in that box. And then, of course, you know, he opens up the box and it's, what was uh, it, flowers like, or whatever the fuck it was? The cake. I think it was a cake fully icing yeah, and everything. Yeah, it was a cake. Yeah, it was a cake. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? What's the twist here? And by the way, pr- probably before we get any too further into the twist part, this is a spoiler-filled podcast. So if you haven't seen it, I mean, we've given away quite a bit, but we haven't given away everything yet. So if you haven't seen the movie and you want to, this might be a good time to pause go check the movie out and then come back because we're getting to the twist here in a second. But there's not, not a lot of it makes sense in, in the way that like, how would he know? Well, I guess he's uh, posing as a, this person that's coming after her. He's, he's posing as a doctor, right? How would he know she's coming there that day for these test results? I guess, unless he's just creeping around until finally the, today's the day she's coming for these random test results. That brings me to another thing too. And the, and I don't know if we're, are we, we're not necessarily going to give away the killer yet. Right. Not, no, we'll do or, that in just a second. Well, there's a we'll part, there's a certain the scene where I'm not going to say who it is, that the killer does something and we'll get, you know, does something to make you think that it's not going to be him. It's a blatant sort of thing. And I, I'll talk about it once we actually get to the reveal of the killer. I'll come back to this point. <laughs> and that goes hand in hand with not only, like you said, they, they make you think one thing throughout the movie and everything, but everyone, <laughs> literally everyone, including pretty much her own daughter, is almost seen as a suspect in this, right? Like, I guess a smarter person than me could sit there, you know, as you're watching this for the first time, and you could probably figure it out. And we'll explain why you should be able to figure it out pretty easily. But the way that the way they kind of bait and switch, however you want to phrase it, like everybody, just everybody, the janitor that like creepily <laughs> that creepily stares at her as she's just checking in, and then just follows her down the hallway or. Like I said, even her daughter kind of cuts a side eye at her and her uh, her ex is taking care of their daughter and then just decides to leave. So now he's a suspect, right? Like, he just leaves his fucking daughter. And they never explain that either, by the way, right? Like at some point, her ex is at home with her daughter and then like her da- uh, she calls her daughter. Her daughter answers and says, oh, daddy left. He said he had to go do something, which makes him a suspect. But then they never explain what he left to do. Why? Yeah, <laughs> it's like they didn't care about that. As long as you think he might be a suspect, that's all they cared yeah. about. It seemed like right? all we care about is that you suspect <laughs> yeah, there's, everybody. There's never any uh, loopholes closed. No, no, no. They had, it's just a shitload of red herring. Everybody's a red herring. <laughs> yeah, they had no time for uh, loophole closing. <laughs> but yeah, getting back to the point a second ago, what did y'all think of the? I mean, like we'll get into the gore score and everything, but like, were Donnie? Were you sufficiently uh, happy with the amount of gore or? the kills that you uh, saw or what do you think about not really uh i was i was kind of i don't know it's kind of overall kind of disappointed with the uh maybe not the methods mm. but um yeah i just i i don't know I maybe mean, i just expected more i do think some of them were clever as far as trying to be like medical connected yeah you know like like the one that was hilarious when he's got the sheet, he's got a sheet and he's running down the hallway 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> what was that? I don't know. It was fucking weird, but it was it was it was funny and it was cool. funny, it was different. It was you know? But he's got a it sheet and he's just running down the hallway, like actually not even running. He's just kind of briskly walking towards her. Meanwhile, this nurse can't get away. <laughs> despite <laughs> all the, despite there being like seven doors down the hallway, she just keeps yeah, she running him down the hall- uh, down this long ass hospital hallway. She sees him a mile away and still like <laughs> ah, and can't completely get away. And then when he grabs a hold of her, he puts the the sheet over her head and stabs her with a syringe full of God knows what. I guess, maybe that sink acid. I don't know what it was. Stabs her with a whole syringe full of something. <laughs> Honestly, I after that I thought like, she was gonna roam down the hallway, like just kind of bumping into the walls or something. But no, she just slowly just falls on the floor, and then then that's it. <laughs> what about the one where uh, he, one of the nurses, he he killed her, and then just put her in a wheelchair and shoved her in a room? <laughs> that was awesome. That was probably oh man. Aside from Jack getting his uh, head cut off with a bone saw, that was probably my favorite kill because. Um, you know, it was just so unexpected. I think to, to your point a minute ago, like, yeah, some, some of, I think the amount of gore and we'll get to that with the gore score is a little disappointing, but I think there's still a good amount of fun to be had with what you get here. You yeah. know, some of the kill, yeah. some of the kills are more memorable than others. So, so if nothing else, you take that away from the end of the movie. It's like, well, there was a yeah. few, like the sheet kill and a few others that were memorable that you take away when you think about this movie. So I guess in that regard, you know, it's, yeah, you know, as, as far as on my, my end of things, that was one of the better ones though. The sheet thing. <laughs> it reminded my, me of- my favorite kill was probably the, uh, the guy staring at the, uh, x-ray. I can't remember who, what the, which doctor was. He was looking at the x-ray and then you hear something behind him or whatever. And then, then he's like looking at the x-ray again. And all of a sudden blood flies out of his mouth onto the x-ray. And then they cut yeah. to the scene again. There's like a knife had been stabbed through the sheet behind them into him. Yeah. And he's like, you know, it's like a saw. I thought that was cool. It looked like a, yeah. uh, like a hand saw, like a bone saw type of, I don't know what kind of, some type of saw got shoved like saw. completely through his throat and was like, as he's falling, they're ripping the sheet as he's falling. Yeah. <laughs> but you can clearly yeah. tell, like, it's not like a prosthetic type of thing where they, where they even tried to make it look like it was really going through his throat. It was just like beside his neck. <laughs> as it yeah. went down like <laughs> what about the uh w- one more random thing that i made a note of the three guys in the total body cast what the fuck was that yeah yeah i don't know like what <laughs> like, wasn't even in bed he was just in a chair and the other two guys on the side of him were in bed so, you know, he's like, <laughs> just walk in they're all like <laughs> <laughs> like three guys like, i guess that's what a, you do it, it was such a three stooges moment. You know, it's like <laughs> three guys have just been in the worst accident possible. And they, they put them all in total body cast and stuck them all in the room with each other. So they can't communicate. It made no this sense. Is, this is like totally absurd in certain moments like that. Just absurdity, just out of it. And yeah, also but, funny, you know, with the, like the wheelchair kill and he just slams her into the room or whatever. All these, <laughs> these moments like that. And then the, the drunk, Slash yep. mental guy or whatever. The three hands. You know, he's like looking in the window at the Barbie Benton nude scene too, right? Like when she's getting naked on the doctor's doing his thing. And he's like, the nurse catches him. He's like, get back to your room. And he goes back. But then another woman comes out of her room and he follows her up. And then he just starts looking in the window again. There's another. Ran- <laughs> There's all these. There was that other random old guy patient that when she was sitting outside the office waiting for her test results, he just walked up to her and stared at her. And then <laughs> yeah, he slowly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> 
slowly walked away. Like, like, what the hell kind of hospital is it anyway? It's <laughs> like, like I said, it's more mental asylum than it is just, you know, general hospital. It was, <laughs> it was, it was nuts. Um, but I guess we'll get to the big reveal. The big reveal is that the doctor that has been helping her along the way throughout the movie at different times, his name is Harry. The big reveal is that Harry is Harold. <laughs> The, the the kid from the beginning of the movie that killed uh, the other nameless kid for balling yeah, up the got his, time. Yep. Like I said, I'm walking, I'm I'm like, I wonder, who, you know, the first time I watched it, I'm like, I wonder who the killer is. You know, this is, everybody's a suspect. Who is it? And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's the guy that has the same name as the fucking kid from the beginning. Why, did, why didn't I see this from, <laughs> from moment one? Harry is Harry. It might be because they made every single person in the movie be a suspect and yet maybe it's because you either you just don't think of it or the fact that no it couldn't be as obvious as the person named harry that killer <laughs> no it turns out no it's that obvious <laughs> oh the but the part to get back to that point i was talking about before where they throw you off the trail of it being him is whenever the secretary gets the secretary's in there typing the thing up blah blah blah, 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 blah and she gets killed and thrown in the thing and then shortly after that harry walks in asking hey so-and-so whatever her name was and then she's not in the room he's like oh and he sees because the killer after he killed her put this paper in the typewriter like this other extra paper right that she was supposed to have been typing swapped Mm. it out paper so harry (laughs) who is the killer comes into the room snatches that paper out and leaves so why (laughs) the fuck other than them throwing (laughs) you off the trail why would the killer put this fake paper in there and then come back in and take the fake paper out of it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's a good point. I actually forgot about that. Well, it's, it's, it's throwing, it's bad writing. It's It's bad writing. What it is, but it's throwing, it's trying to throw the viewer off, but that's, yeah. Yeah. There's more clever ways to do it than that. Yeah. I mean, in reality, the killer is not going, the killer would have just had the paper with him. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, I don't put this in the typewriter as if I'm going to come back in and pull this fake paper out. I think it's the real paper. So Harry, <laughs> Harry finally reveals himself as like, I'm that boy, you know? And so there's a big chase and, you know, that ensues, they fight back and forth and all that. And basically remember I mentioned that Susan keeps firing up cigarettes throughout the hospital and <laughs> various points in the movie. Well, smoking saved her life in the end because that's how she took him out was her cigarette lighter. By the way, how did he go up in flames? I forget. Like, did she, was, Oh, she spilled flammable liquid on him. There's a scene earlier on the first time when she was chasing him she was climbing up that ladder thing or whatever it was a stair thing and there was like a for some reason there was this open container of flammable liquid up there and she just <laughs> dumped it on his head okay now I remember yeah, was that. it was in a beaker i remember is it a beaker <laughs> random random flammable fluid in a beaker sitting open up there or whatever she poured it on him and then then later though is when they get to the flames because after that i forget what she there's a couple of scenes of him, her fighting him off and getting away before you get to oh, the, like the plane scene. It's like a solid ten I, minutes of cat. Yeah, it's like a ten minute cat and mouse game. You know, yeah. once he re- I mean, once really once that, well, stuff probably would have dried up on him before she ever even got <laughs> the lighter on him. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, that's that smoking saved her life because she's able to take the lighter. You know, I guess he's dousing that fluid, lights him on fire, and then the one of the best parts is when the uh, he's on fire and falls off the top of the building. I think it was or out the, <laughs> out a window or something. <laughs> Jumps oh, off, yeah. well, he jumps off after he's chasing her. <laughs> yeah, and it's cl- she, and it's clearly and it is clearly a dummy that is set, has been set on fire and tossed off the top of a building. <laughs> and then it goes splat. Yeah. On. <laughs> hey, now I, I have to say though, as far as dummy scenes go, 
Yeah, I mean, maybe whenever it makes impact, that was okay. That wasn't too bad. Like, y'all haven't seen Dr. Butcher MD yet. When we get to that, well, but That's we have, but, but stupidly we, ridiculous. Thing but we have, wa- but we have watched Never Too Young to Die, and I will agree that that <laughs> this That's pretty terrible. This one was better than that one. I'll give you that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Donnie, wait until you get around to that one on Old Spook Show Rewind. Mm. Oh, that reminds me, we need to do a cut. We need to do a uh, an edit of all the dummies that have, uh, yeah. especially the terrible dumb scenes. Uh, <laughs> That. we've had a i mean this, this adds to it but uh we've had a few in the history of the spook show that's for sure you could definitely do some super cut of all the uh <laughs> the dummy falls and people on fire and all that shit um but at the very end though is like well that guy's dead and then it's like next morning nothing happens she comes out of the hospital and her ex-husband and her daughter show up to greet her and then they hug the end <laughs> it's very abrupt <laughs> Very yeah, it's very, very abrupt. In fact, it's like right there. Like as soon as he goes over, it's like she's walking out the next morning. Oh, hey, blah, blah, credits, bam. Yeah, Shit. and but <laughs> but like just look at the scene as a whole. Not only is she come out, you know, they just happen to greet her at that moment. It's the happy ending. But everybody coming in and out of the hospital is treating it like a normal day. So it's just like well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> twelve well, yeah. people, twelve people didn't just get massacred overnight, and there's no police <laughs> scene or anything. It's just all right. Well. Good night. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. But, well, the good times keep rolling with our ratings. So, uh, Smoke, you brought this to the table. So, uh, not only do we want to get your regular, you know, star rating that we do give to horror movies, but we also need to get your cannonball rating. What do you have to say? Uh, I, well, I'll go with the first, the, re- the actual regular rating, star rating first. Uh, I mean, I kind of, I, mean, I enjoy this movie for what it is. It's It's absurd. You can laugh at it in certain scenes. It's also surreal. It's got these moments that are like, almost like, damn, did uh, did Wes Craven get a little bit of a <laughs> yeah. influence from seeing some of these, like the scenes of the, and I don't know why the bug dust would be floating around still when they were like, you know, spraying for lice on floor nine. But <laughs> for some reason, apparently it's still up in the air and there's foggy moments when they're walking on that floor. You know, remember the scene where she where she's walking, and then those three old biddies, well, two old biddies, and the one guy dresses an old bitty, whatever, what is walking through the bug fog stuff towards her and talking about whatever. I mean, there's just absurd, like surreal moments like that. Why the hell are any of them on that floor if they're you know fumigated? But whatever. And then the sheet, you know, the sheet walking, you know, running down the hall with the sheet. For some reason, Freddy Krueger popped in my head in that scene, like the scene where he's got in part one where his hands are really long and he's yeah, like, yeah, you know, I can see it. Yeah. There's just there's certain moments that are like dreamlike, nightmare-like, in the cinematography, I guess, they carried out. But I mean, but they're they're plugged into this movie with this really absurd other parts that are going on. That's it's just a strange movie overall. For that, I think it's somewhat original, and it's it's not original in its slasher stuff because that's very derivative. But just in those odd moments, cinema cinema, I don't know, cinematography moments, whatever you want to call it, the way it's shot and lit and all that, it's just odd, different. So I mean I, I I probably give it a little bit of of a leeway with that with those scenes that are fairly frequent throughout the movie and just kind of interesting or whatever. If it wasn't for that stuff, I, it'd be a much lower rating for me I think because like I said the the slasher elements are extremely derivative even though this is early this is 1981 yeah and it's already derivative. <laughs> there's already much better slasher movies made before this one and there's only been a handful made before this one so I think I have to go with two and a half stars on the regular star rating. Uh, when it comes to canon, 
Cannonballs, I think, I, I mean, it's not going to be too much more. I'll go two and three quarter stars. I mean, it's two and three quarter of Cannonballs and two and a half on the stars. It's not that vastly different between, but I mean, I don't think it's, it's as far as the canon movies go, this is not top tier canon either. And as far as like regular movies go, it's one of those that I'm, I've only seen it once back in the day before watching it again this time. And it'll probably be some years before I get back to it again, you know, if I do. So it's one of those that's not going to be highly watchable again for me. So I, like I said, that two and a half, I'll stand by that for the stars and two and three quarter for Cannonball. All right, Donnie, what do you say? Yeah, it's uh, all great points. All great points by Smoke. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it definitely has some uh, some comedic elements, whether uh, intentional or not. I mean, it's still, it is a fun movie to watch. My rating is, you know, typically going to reflect whether, you know, I would watch it again. So for me, it has to be uh, three stars or more for, for that to happen. It uh, doesn't quite hit the mark for me. Um but uh, I'm going to echo uh, Smoke's uh, star rating at two and a half. Um, and my cannonball rating is going to be two and a quarter. Yeah, I mean, like, for for most of the reasons you guys have said, yeah, I agree. It, it is fun, though. You know, like, the, some, of the, yeah, yeah. some of the more memorable scenes will stick with you, you know, <laughs> when you think about the movie. But that being said, the movie overall is not very memorable. You know, like, there'll be certain scenes where yeah. you'll be like, oh, yeah, the sheet thing or... Or these these three hags and stuff like that. Things will when someone mentions the movie, you be like, "Oh yeah, it was that one with this and that." But overall, it's like okay, you know. And like you said, it feels derivative years later when you look back on it. But at the time, you know, it, it might have been. I ain't gonna say it was cutting edge or anything like that, but it might have been. This was one of those movies that kind of set the bar in the sense of like these are the examples of you know everything that was happening after Halloween and after Friday the Thirteenth. You know, mm. when you look back on it yeah. now at the time, I don't know how, you, you know, people, how, I don't think it was well received. Obviously it was kind of one of those, you know, straight to video type of things eventually that probably more people saw when they rented it on VHS than they ever did in, in a drive in or a movie theater anywhere. So it's fun though. So I, I think I'm going to, that being said, I still think I'm going to go a little tier below y'all just based on some of my other movies. I'm going to go with my star rating with two fun to be had but overall, just, you know, for the most part, forgettable. Unless you think about those few random scenes, <laughs> the cannonball scale. I don't know if I can go much higher than what I just gave star rating. Like, you know, cause I, I know there's some shitty cannon movies, you know, but like, I guess it's, it's not, this isn't a good one. So I guess I'm going to be like Austin and say two and a half because there's way worse and there's way better, mm -hmm. you know? And like, it's, it's fine enough. You can have a good time with it. So I guess for the cannonball scale, which is slightly skewed, I'll go two and a half. Just wait until we get to Nana -na and then we'll, <laughs> <laughs> then we'll wish we were watching Shit. Hospital Massacre again. But we don't have uh, Will here to do his kill count. But Donnie, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll toss to you first to, to get your connections. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you kind of... Uh, you didn't really steal my thunder earlier, um, but um, you mentioned uh, John Van Ness, um, who played Jack. He also played a trooper in The Hitcher, which we covered in episode 15. Um, and then also Michael Frost and uh, E.L. Woody 
um, both had bit parts on New Year's Evil uh, all the way back on uh, episode 89. Uh, when That was actually, I think that was the first, uh, technically the first cannon fodder we did. Yeah, yeah, like kind of yeah. Uh, retroactively became, yeah. Yeah, became the first one, yeah. Uh, so um so yeah that's on the uh the cast side on the crew side we we do have some of the uh special effects uh crew from uh the return of the living dead and invasion usa so those are past spook show episodes that uh share the same cast and crew with x-ray gore score mm, yeah for uh for the title, well, at least for the the title I know it under most, like Austin will say in the title, he knew it under most as well, Hospital Massacre. You expect maybe a bit more in the Gore Department when you when you throw the word massacre in there. Now, granted, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if we're being honest, doesn't have a lot of gore. You know, it, it's got a lot of implied type stuff. I mean, there's a lot of, it's a disturbing sort of movie based on what's implied. Well, this movie doesn't have the <laughs> the chops that uh, Toby Hooper did when he made, when he put together Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, to make you feel those, you know, those kills without a little bit of gore. So they do have a little bit, but it's not as a massacre would imply. You know. uh, and as this show is, this this segment, Gore Score, is based on Chaz Balin's Gore Score. Uh, I'm going to say what he gave it first in his uh, Deep Red Horror Handbook. So his Gore Score was uh, a two. <laughs> I think that's maybe a little too low. I don't, I don't, I think I would go a little bit more than two. Just because, and I don't know which cut he saw, and I'll also bring this up well, since we're talking about the gore score, the different, the two different cuts, U.S. versus U.K. Now I don't know which one he saw. I assume he saw the U.S. cut. It, it had, you know, it, it's got the the bone saw thing. It's got the head in the box. It's got uh, the the knife kill. That was t- the saw slash knife kill, you know, through the guy's mouth when he puts blood on the X-ray, and he's like, you know, but the prosthetics aren't really there for that. It's not that. It's a cool scene. And one of my favorite kills in the movie, but it's, you know, it's not handled. The special effects weren't handled that expertly. So uh, I think it could have used a lot more gore. And uh, I think I'll give it myself. I'll give it a four. I'll, I'll bump it up two more than what Chaz gave. He gave it two. I'll give it a four. But uh, the cuts I was talking about, the UK cut, for whatever reason, and I don't know why they would cut this much out. You know, granted, everybody knows that the UK had the uh, video nasties back in the 80s, which movies that were overly violent uh, would get banned or would get heavily cut. This, I don't believe this one was on the video nasties list. It did get released over there, but it was cut by like, it was 77 minutes total, t- total runtime. And the U S cut was uncut at 89 minutes. So <laughs> I don't know what the hell they cut out of it. It wasn't that much gore to cut that much out. So I don't know. I don't know what the, why it was that shorn of footage, but for whatever reason, in the UK, it was the R-rated, well, whatever their equivalent R-rating is over there. It was 77 minutes in the uncut version here in the U.S., which was R-rated, but, you know, intact, was 89 minutes. And also, I might as well read, you know, Chaz Balin wasn't too thrilled with this movie at all, and his ratings, he kind of, I think, four skulls is his highest rating. He gave this one half a skull. Wow. And uh, <laughs> a couple of, two-sentence two review, uh, former playmate Barbie Benton, Barely, that's it. oh yeah, barely out acts the stiffs, <laughs> falling around her in the in the tra- in this trashy thrillless hairball of a movie, also known as X-ray. Don't expose yourself to it, folks. <laughs> that was Chaz Balin's. Uh, 
That's, uh, advice. <laughs> That's a little stiff. That's a little stiff. <laughs> yeah, the Barbie Benton's acting was bad. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe true, maybe true, maybe true. But, but uh, I think I, I yeah. Overall, I, he didn't. I don't always agree with Chaz Balin's ratings on everything. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. one I give it a little bit more of a higher rating as far as star rating and as far as gore score. But, but you know, I can echo with I can I can see where you would come or come across it that way. Yeah, I mean, I think the conclusions that we draw from it is there's a lot of fun to be had, but it's not a great movie. You know, it just kind of is what it yeah. is. You see it once or twice. You've seen it enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would recommend at least checking it out once if you like this kind of those kind oh, of movies. If you like early '80s slashers, I think there's some uh, you know enjoyment to be had. Uh, as far as critic rating and aggregate reviews and everything on IMDb, it gets a 4.9 out of 10 stars, and that's over uh, 3,000 IMDb ratings. Uh, nothing from Metacritic, but over on Rotten Tomatoes, there wasn't enough critic reviews to aggregate a score. But there were enough uh, in the audience score to give it 18%. So not good over on Rotten Tomatoes. But, um, yeah, you know, if you're looking for that early 80s kind of slasher flick, then this is another one. So (laughs) there's that. (laughs) So anyways, moving on. Next week, uh, we get back to regularly scheduled programming with uh, our next Cult Corner. And uh, this is actually one that we spun the wheel. We all nominated something, spun the wheel. And uh, uh, Smoke, you won this one. So what are we going to be watching Next week. Yep. That's going to be a the classic 1966 spaghetti western from Sergio Corbucci called uh, Django. And even you want to you, sing it? I know, yeah, I know no. you're waiting for me to yep. sing. As soon as, you <laughs> said, <laughs> as soon as you just said the name of the title of the, movie, the song. <laughs> like it was playing in my head, man. Django. So anyways, yeah, we're going to be, and this is actually another first for the Spook Show as well, is that we're going to be doing a full-on western, like, and it's not like a horror theme Western or anything like that. Like this is a full on Western flick. Cause I think the only other one was what Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only Western. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, I feel we'll find out next week, but I feel very confident. We're all going to like Django more than we like Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter. That's accurate. Um, But yeah, it's not, this isn't something we're going to do very often. Um, here on the spook show, but you know, when we get a chance and, and, you know, we'll, we'll squeeze some stuff like this in and Colt corner was a good spot to do it. So uh, I think mm-hmm. that was a good pull with Django and, uh, IMDB synopsis is a coffin dragging gunslinger and a prostitute become embroiled in a bitter feud between a clan of Southern racist and a band of Mexican revolutionaries. So we'll see what's what next week when we, uh, travel down, travel down the old, Right, right on the border of Texas and Mexico to visit with our old pal Django. So uh, we'll see how that goes. So you really can't say his name without singing it, you know? Yeah, you <laughs> it's just it's there. Whether you want to or not, whether it's in your head, whether you say it or whether you sing it, you still hear it. Yep, exactly. In the song, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, lots of fun to be had. So come back next week for our next cult corner, Django, and uh, of course, Will couldn't be with us, um, but he's usually around. And for Donnie. And the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We're from the All-American Spook Show, and we encourage you to come back next week for Django.